0: CHAPTER Twenty Two. STYMIED Gwen had left August a few hours later in a sour mood. August wasn't entirely surprised, given that he hadn't been able to resist baiting him, and that perhaps not everyone would be well disposed to being stabbed with a knife several times. And August would have been willing to leave it at that, except that he knew Gwen liked knife play, and he knew that Gwen, while not generally responding well to being baited, at least expected a degree of it. Gwen had seemed lost inside some other space in his mind. Whatever space that was, he'd likely stumbled into it during the scene, and it had tumbled him further into a reckless admission than August would have ever thought possible. And that's saying something, really. August ached from activating his blood oath. His cells scraped and jarred. That was the closest he'd ever come to breaking one, and he didn't want to ever repeat the experience. He had experienced a fairly diverse palette of pain, but he'd never experienced anything like that. He'd always been averse to making blood oaths. The consequences were usually fatal if they were broken. But with the captivity and wanting to take Gwen to consume him, he decided there wasn't much point in being precious about them now. he decided he was far more likely to be killed by any number of other things first, primarily Gwen, than by breaking a single blood oath. Oops. At least he didn't construct blood oaths as clumsily as Gwen did. August chuckled, remembering how Gwen had oathed to accept aftercare. Gwen hadn't even stipulated what it was, and because he himself didn't know, the blood oath was delightfully broad. Aftercare was whatever August wanted it to be. Perhaps he should poke Gwen into making oaths more often. August's lips tilted into a half smile as he polished his boots. There were times when he amused himself by replaying the truth of his current situation. He was out of his cell. He lived in a palace. The fact was that he had so far choked, knifed, bled, and restrained the king of the Silife. Most surprising about all of it was not the basic satisfaction he got from knowing the balance of power had shifted, but the fact that he was enjoying himself. He would have been enjoying this even if he weren't captive. Circumstances would never have placed him in this situation if he were free. And yet Gwen was curious, far more than the stupid, damaged soldier August had assumed he was in the beginning. Gwen was attracted to him, admired him. There were times when Gwen looked at him, and there was an expression so painfully earnest that August was torn between scratching it off his face and keeping it close. There were so many ways to destroy him now, to tear him apart, that there was almost no sport left in it. August smirked. Almost and it was obvious that Gwen was broken already. Gwen had taken to being a prisoner so well that August had allowed himself to follow the fantasy down as far as he'd apparently needed it to go. His own lack of control, in retrospect, astounded him. Look at that, you're surprised you haven't resolved those issues that derived from the Nightmare King. August sighed, briefly closed his eyes. He placed his boots down onto the floor and the brush and polish on his desk. August would have killed him. He suspected, from the fact that Gwen hadn't reacted more aggressively to August nearly breaking the blood oath, that Gwen was either in too deep to realize what had happened, or that Gwen thought August had been about to permanently injure him, and that Gwen found this relatively easy to accept, which, given that Gwen had no signs of permanent injury on his person, aside from a single, tiny scar over the back curve of his ribs on the right-hand side, was intriguing. Aside from a single moment where Gwen had bitched about the torment itself afterwards, which was, August knew, lashing out, and not a serious complaint, he'd not seemed remotely angry at the time when August had nearly broken the oath. August knew he would have killed him. He was heading straight to Gwen's heart, and he wasn't even subtle about it. He'd only twisted the knife back when the blood oath had flashed a warning inside of him, and then then coasted too close to his ribs and knocked the blood oath into a full flare. He'd forgotten where he was. He'd forgotten who he was with. His bloodlust, present and suppressed, waiting for meat, had awakened. It turned out that kings weren't quite as invulnerable as he'd thought. All he needed was the right knife, the right status, and an idiot who would simply lie there and take it. It was one thing to suspect that Gwen had a death-wish. It was quite another to be made complicit in its near execution. August had searched him out the next morning. Gwen had been returning from training new recruits for his army, to replace the murdered Uthur and the other one. When August had stopped him and demanded that he check the wound at his ribs, Gwen had stared, eyes narrowed. He had stood silently, lips thinned, while August lifted the chainmail himself. Gwen had even made a sound of irritation when August prodded at the wound to see how it was knitting together. It was a serious wound. It was still healing. August knew from his own time as king that it shouldn't have taken that long. Gwen had eyed him with so much impatience that August began to wonder if Gwen was annoyed after all at what had transpired. And August had walked away, wondering why he'd even bothered to check the wound. Healers on a battlefield must love him when he gets injured, all stoic and moronic about it. But then Gwen had always been court fair higher. Healing was something he could take for granted. August knew that wounds could be fatal. "'that infection could be a mortal illness, "'that injuries had to be tended. "'And he knew that even if Gwen was king, "'August had an obligation to make sure he was healing, "'and that obligation was not something he took lightly. "'But how far did it extend? "'This wasn't a single scene. "'It wasn't even two or three scenes. "'They were, for all that Gwen pretended otherwise, "'living together. "'They were in each other's space. "'They saw each other. "'And though they rarely talked, August knew that they had an awareness of each other that went far beyond civility. How far did the obligation to make sure Gwen was healing extend? If there was one thing August could do, it was roll with what life gave him. He wanted a quiet, straightforward life, but when things went wildly awry, he knew how to adapt to that too. After several thousand years of not being interested in commitment, he now found himself doing it anyway. He was getting something out of it. Gwen was comely, strange, intriguing. It was also in his best interest to make sure he could both control or have influence over his captor. That was what he'd known at first. But as time passed, it became less about control, about influence. August didn't lie to himself about that. He didn't see the point. He simply found Gwen interesting, and he was invested in him now. Sometimes that was an immensely aggravating fact of life because it turned out that Gwen wasn't remotely invested in himself. Gwen, who didn't know how to embrace someone properly, who thought that being taken against his will, as long as it was slow, counted as gently, who would let August slide a knife between his ribs, and... <tch> August made a sound of disgust and pushed himself up from the bed, slipping his feet into the boots and buckling them, admiring the shine. Gwen, who was also brittle like glass, an unselfconscious beast one moment, a vulnerable creature the next and he kissed with that hesitant, sweet innocence that made August want to dig his claws into his ribcage and pull his sternum apart, look at what lay beneath in the core of him. He wanted mess and blood and viscera, he wanted to place his tongue against the rift in Gwen's soul and lick. There were times when Gwen was surprised by touch, particularly when it was tender. It was so unlike what August was used to. Ash, by contrast, was greedy for affection. He was never surprised by it, always open to it, as though it was his birthright. Which, in a way, it was. It wasn't as though August hadn't been liberal with it while they'd been growing up. Gwen was a soldier who had grown up with a soldier's education about sex. It made him crass and rough and familiar with crude language. But outside of that liberal education, he knew almost nothing about affection. Gwen was sexual, not sensual. He liked Gwen's submission. He had to fight for it, and it was dangerous. Gwen could be impulsive, and it was with only a handful of words that August could be demoted again. He didn't expect he'd stayed demoted for long, but he knew Gwen was more than capable, if pushed. There was an abundance of the submission itself. It was almost as though Gwen offered something tangible and complete, a trust that August could actually hold, feel, manipulate. But that was an illusion. How could it be complete when there was still so much that August didn't understand? August was beginning to suspect that alongside hiding things from himself, Gwen was still hiding things from August. But he couldn't be sure what. The most obvious, especially now, was how Gwen held onto his light and repressed it. He disdained it, feared it. What was the point in fearing one's innate power? It was there to be understood, used. There was no point in sitting on it, and yet Gwen curled around it like it was a sin inside of himself. August had no patience with that. He wanted that light. It was a diverse, strange light. In teleporting, it was warm and soft. Yet it had destroyed August's underwater dome when he was at the height of his power. It had reached through over one hundred meters of deep water, voracious and strong. August had never seen anything like it. Rumors at the school he'd attacked said that Gwen created a light barrier that had stopped the Nain Rouge's bullets. He didn't even know how that was possible. It was light! More, he didn't know why Gwen elected not to use any of that on the battlefield. Instead, he used his sword, his body, his armor. He used other people's magic and their powers. Why wouldn't he use his own? Then there was the light that Gwen had accidentally released when he'd broken apart in the lake, after nearly murdering him, unfairly, with a liver. That had been closer to his teleportation light, and for a moment August had been certain that Gwen was teleporting away but he hadn't left. His whole body had been limbed with a sudden, gentle, white-gold light that flashed into appearance for several seconds and then disappeared again. Ever since then, it was pushed into some box where August couldn't get to it. Perhaps I could get him to light up again. It was very pretty. It's not every day one gets landed with a king who lights up like an ornament plugged into a power socket. August had an idea. A dangerous one. Shove Gwen too far into submission— and he gave aspects of himself that no one should give, his life being the prime example. So August would have to tread carefully. He didn't want, and now there was a surprise, his life. He wanted the light of him. There was a faint thread of worry that trickled through his mind, a wayward stream of water. Quinn didn't always respond predictably. August would push, expecting one thing, and he'd get the opposite— he was willing to attribute at least some of that to being off his game, to being hungry, to his center-changing, to being captive and out of his natural environment. But now that he was capital Fay, stronger, in an environment that was quite comfortable given his circumstances, he knew that a great deal of it was simply not knowing Gwen. Gwen, who in turn had pulled truths from him about the Nightmare King that no one else knew, who on the surface was clumsily social, and possessed that rough grace of any brute who knew more about killing than about any other fact of life, but beneath that could wield his body with a mastery that left August breathless and wanting, a dam full of sensation. That intrigued him, too. It was a challenge, then, breaking someone already so broken, to follow the badly repaired scars in his psyche and see what lay beneath them. But August appreciated a challenge. It gave him something to do with his time. The Trows were helpful. They would not be his first choice of helper. Fay. They didn't speak. Some weren't literate. They were fragile, even if they did possess a surprising amount of strength. But they were faithful and diligent, and they had a way of accessing materials and objects that most Fay couldn't. He wondered if it was their tricksy ways and that long ingrained habit of stealing silver rubbing off. He'd befriended two of them. He wasn't even sure how that had happened. He hadn't gone out of his way to treat them with kindness. It was likely that one time he'd asked their input on some fabrics he wasn't used to seeing, and then, upon looking at what they'd selected, he'd agreed with two of their choices, because Gwen was paying for it and it didn't matter what he chose, although the cloth did look like it had its merits. After that, they were the two troves that showed up most often when he had a request for something. So they were the troves that helped to outfit one of his rooms for more specific aspects of August's trade. They hadn't questioned any of his orders not for the wooden cross, not for the cushioned benches he'd asked for, not for a bed at least as sturdy as Gwen's, not for the knives, not for anything. He suspected he wasn't supposed to have the full kit of knives, though, because the Tros had delivered that in secret, and they'd stayed away for a few days after that. If August thought he stood a better chance of surviving outside the city court, away from Gwen's active protection, he would have used that to his advantage. But he'd experienced the humiliation of a public display now, the viciousness of Gwen's soldiers, and the knowledge that the Seelie Fay didn't loathe them nearly as much as many of the Unseelie did. So he had to make do with the situation he'd created for himself. That was something he knew how to do as well. He had the knives, he could defend himself. Gwen showed no real signs of descending back into madness. No, oh, that was you most recently, remember? Perhaps you should keep a tally between you both. August laughed under his breath as he walked through the room checking the sturdiness of the cross, a Gwen-sized, saltier cross that was bolted into the ground. He made sure that he had supplies, first aid, herbs that he might need, water, even food. More than a week and a half after August had activated that blood oath and been startled into scrutinizing Gwen more closely, he was ready to see if he could break that light out of Gwen's body. As always, the warm, prickly awareness that came with setting up a scene moved through him. It started in the palms of his hands, "'the soles of his feet, the back of his neck, "'and became a tension in his spine, an anticipation. "'He breathed it out. "'His own reactions could wait. "'There was no ambush this time. "'There was no need. August ducked his head into Gwen's map-room, "'knowing that Gwen, if not training, "'was likely to be there or away from the city court. "'Gwen turned, holding a calligraphy brush in one hand "'and another balanced delicately in his teeth. When he saw August, he quickly reached up and removed it from his mouth, frowning. "'Did you need something?' August smirked, and Gwen swallowed, his hand tightened on the brushes. "'Clear your schedule,' August said, and Gwen raised his eyebrows. "'I don't think so, August.' "'From sunset tonight, onwards. I want you to meet me in my room.' Gwen turned back to the desk, but he kept his torso turned partially towards August, which was, August realized, because Gwen didn't trust him. Excellent, August thought. He couldn't help it. He liked it when Gwen was on his toes. Gwen carefully cleaned his brushes until the water stopped staining red and green and placed them down upon his desk. Gwen liked to buy time, he'd noticed. When Gwen turned back, August had raised his eyebrows back archly, waiting. Do you think you can control yourself not to activate a blood oath? Gwen said, and August pressed a hand to his heart. "'You wound me,' August said. "'Are you worried? "'Do you think you have enough self-preservation "'to know if I'm even close to activating it?' "'Gwen looked away for a second, "'looked back again. "'Ah, see?' August said. "'Perhaps you're not so stupid after all. "'Had some time to think about it, have you? "'Realized that you possibly should have stopped that earlier. "'Not that you had the presence of mind to.' "'Gwen shifted minutely on his chair.' His hair was a mess, as always. He wasn't wearing boots, which meant he'd finished with court business some time ago. His fingertips were covered with small ink stains. August's mouth lifted in a half-smile. I know you're curious, he said. I can tell. My room. Off to sunset. Try not to think about how I'll retaliate if you don't turn up. He half expected Gwen to make some comment about how August was the prisoner and how August didn't control his schedule, but he didn't. Gwen bit the inside of his lower lip. August could tell that movement now. He only needed to wait and... After sunset, Gwen confirmed, and August nodded. He started to leave and then paused, turning back. When did you last sleep? I'm not sleeping, if that's... August sighed. When did you last sleep? Gwen turned back to look at his map of... whatever it was. Buying time. August's eyes narrowed when Gwen lifted his hand to his head and rubbed briefly at his forehead. He didn't even seem to notice that he'd done it. Gwen took a heavy breath, sighed it out. After the first time. After the poison and the lake, Gwen said. The first time we... that you... August stared. That was some time ago. That was... frightening. Even as king, he needed more sleep than that. He knew Gwen needed more sleep than that. I'm not sleeping with you. Calm down, August said, voice firming. I haven't asked you to, have I? I'm only gauging how tired you are. No wonder the idiot fell apart last time, August thought. But then that would work in his favor. A sleep-deprived Gwen was one who was more malleable. You don't sleep enough, August said, and Gwen stared at him evenly. There was a hint of that resistance that August had to bully his way through. August wasn't interested in arguing with him on matters of sleep. Not right now, anyway. He needed a sleep-deprived Gwen. I don't suppose you'll be sleeping much tonight, either, August said, then closed to the door behind him walking back down the corridor towards his own rooms. August would lay bets that Gwen hadn't had a healthy sleep pattern for a long time. He knew what that was like. Fay slept deeply, but they also dreamed deeply. Nightmares were crueler, lasted longer, dug their hooks in deep. It wasn't uncommon for Fay who had been traumatized, to avoid sleeping, because once driven into the deep recesses of the mind, those nightmares were terribly hard to shake. He knew that. He saw signs of Gwen's lack of sleep. He'd caught him sitting on the floor in one of the many libraries, scrolls opened and unrolled around him, head tilted on his shoulder, and eyes half-lidded in that dozing state that they entered when they didn't feel safe enough to sleep. He'd observed him talking to the Troes, only to break it off, yawn hugely, stare blankly into space for a minute, and then resume conversation. It was a sight of Gwen that he would lay bets most of his court had never seen. Not once, not once! Had August suspected or heard rumors that Gwen might neglect rest when he'd been on City King, and actually asking around for information on his behaviors? August wanted sleep from him, too, but it wasn't likely that he'd ever observe it. And Gwen, that sneak, had come back into his room after August had sent him away, and simply watched him. It made him see that anyone had seen him like that. It had been bad enough when Ash had seen it, but that Gwen saw it, refused to leave, comforted him. When the clumsy, unsophisticated, unintentional brute! August bared his teeth. Because it meant that he wasn't just all of those things. That wasn't the truth of him. August hated getting things wrong. It happened, of course, but that didn't mean he didn't hate it. It was a few minutes after sunset, and August was staring blankly at paragraphs in a book on Celtic folklore. He was still thinking about what he had planned, wondering if Gwen would be late, turning details over in his mind. Gwen feared for his life. The plot against Ash hadn't just been a plot against Ash and August, but also one against Gwen. It had been helmed by his family. It looked like Ethnician's idea, but he was not a long-game strategist like Gwen, like Gwen's father and mother. And if had ever been in the pocket of Creel. everyone knew that. She directed him like a blunt force instrument, and she directed him at Gwen. Which meant that Gwen's kingship was disposable to his own family, an inconvenience. Being disappointed in your child was one thing. Plotting for their potential ousting from the throne was another. August knew about that, too. But Gwen perceived his life as being in danger. Not that it mattered, since Gwen didn't care for it very much. That was frustrating. August wanted to live, and his encounters with the Fae world since imprisonment had taught him that he was one of the very few who felt that way. He needed a king who had issues with slaughtering prisoners. He certainly needed a king who was well disposed to him. He did not need a king who would stomp out on a battlefield and get himself killed out of carelessness, which meant he had to find a way to make Gwen more invested in himself. August sensed Gwen approaching and closed his book. Gwen knocked briskly on August's closed door. He didn't open it and simply walk in, as many Fey kings and queens would have. He waited for August to say he could enter. August's main room, where he slept, had two entrances. Gwen entered off the long hallway with its stained-glass windows, and then another door led to a series of adjoined, private rooms. It was an unusual, but convenient design. It gave him space, it gave him a sense of privacy. He would use the design himself again in the future, if he ever got the chance to. Not that he'd ever tell Gwen that. August put his book down, stood and circled Gwen's wrist with his hand, pulling him towards the second, closed door. Gwen went with the movement, suspicious, but not resistant. The next room was another bedroom where August had stacked books he wanted to read. Gwen looked at the spines curiously, which August didn't mind, because it meant he was distracted while August led him into the room he'd refitted with the help of the troves. Gwen stopped when he saw it. His eyes widened. He surveyed the room even as August closed and locked the door behind him. At the click of the lock, Gwen flinched and turned back, stared at the door-handle. Gwen could terraform the entire palace. He was strong enough to rip the door-handle off the door. He could kick the door down. The lock was only a symbolic gesture. Gwen looked back at the room. The reinforced bed and benches, the tools of the trade that August used to keep in his rooms back home, even the darker decor, the dimmer lighting. His eyes lingered on the wooden cross. Is it familiar? August said slipping his hand underneath the back of Gwen's shirt and sliding fingertips along his muscles until he could rest his palm flat against his shoulder blades, measuring his heartbeat. It was rapid, but not panicked. This. Gwen looked around, his heartbeat picked up further. Perhaps I should be restricting what you can order through the troughs. I think we're a little past that, don't you? August said, scraping the points of his fingernails down Gwen's skin. He felt goose flesh prickle beneath his palm and smoothed at it. "'This was like the first time,' Gwen said, and August could hear that his mouth had gone dry. "'Why?' "'Take your clothing off,' August ordered, pressing claw-tips into Gwen's skin. Gwen shuddered as he always did when asked to undress. He turned and looked at August, uncertain. The room had put him off balance. The cross, in particular, had put him off balance. August had only strapped Gwen to a cross once— but he'd broken Gwen on it. It was something they hadn't forgotten. August slid his hand off Gwen's back, walked over to a heavy, reinforced table, where loops of rope rested, chains, lengths of silk, cases that contained sex toys, knives, other equipment. He picked up several lengths of reinforced rope, turned his back to the desk, and leaned against it, watching Gwen. Off, August said, indicating his clothing. Gwen looked at the rope, looked at the cross. Normally August would say something about how long he was taking to make up his mind, but August wanted Gwen to come to a decision about this himself. Gwen did. He reached up and took his shirt off, dropping it to the floor. There was no sign of the knife wound, and August was glad to see the unmarred skin. Gwen pulled his pants down and stepped out of them, and then simply stood there, unashamed and eyes roving, drinking in the details like they would somehow tell him what to expect. August took a little more time to observe Gwen. He was unscarred, except for that silvery nick at the back of his ribs, which he couldn't currently see. His skin was pale, he was muscular from thousands of years of training, which he reinforced on a daily basis. It was a simple fact that Gwen was a prime specimen of a fae who was in peak fitness, who privileged strength and brawn. Even when Gwen had been court status, had turned up in August's home asking for help, August had recognized that he was fine-looking, appealing and that had been before he'd heard him, had seen how beautifully he broke. August walked up to him, holding the lengths of rope in his hands as he approached. He pressed himself up along Gwen, so that his clothing was touching Gwen's skin. He leaned the tip of his boot down on Gwen's foot. Gwen went to step back absently, and August pressed down enough that Gwen stilled. "'Kiss me,' August said, staring a challenge at him. Gwen looked around the room again, and August reached up and took his jaw in his fingers. No, that's not what I said. Gwen's eyes dropped to August, and then down to his lips, but once more they darted up, over to the cross, and August pressed his claws down, making sure Gwen could feel the edges. Gwen jerked and looked back quickly, breathing shallow. Gwen shifted his foot slightly beneath August's boot, testing, and August leaned down harder until Gwen winced. When Gwen finally leaned down, pressed his lips against those of August, August felt a small, corresponding sense of victory. Why expend a ridiculous amount of effort to bring someone to heel, when the simple symbol of pressing a boot down on someone's bare foot created exactly the same effect? Gwen kissed him gently, lips soft against his mouth, and August responded by stroking the underside of his jaw until a heavy exhale gusted against the side of his face. August smirked and bit his upper lip, his lower, licking wetness into his dry mouth. Gwen's mouth opened fully, and August stroked his tongue firmly along Gwen's. His breath hitched he lifted a very tentative hand to August's upper arm and then dropped it before he made contact. Step up to the cross, August whispered against his mouth. Gwen tensed. You remember. There was a reason for it last time, Gwen said, uncertain. There was a reason for it this time, August assured him. August lifted his boot slightly, giving permission for Gwen to move, and Gwen, surprisingly, moved over to the cross, examining it. He pressed his palm against the wood, pushed lightly, as though testing its sturdiness. It was bolted to the floor in the middle of the room, so that August could access both sides. It was sturdy. August had seen to that himself. He stepped up and pushed Gwen face forward into the cross, and Gwen went with it. Not only that, but he lifted his hand to the first restraint. Was helping. August resisted the urge to laugh. Maybe Gwen thought that if he did well now, August would go easy on him later. Still, seeing Gwen actually lift his hand to the top of one of the cross struts, accepting the rope that August looped around the wood in his wrist, was rewarding. Gwen's regular habit was to lie there mutely, stubbornly, and make August do everything himself. When August finished tying the first wrist, he ran the palm of his hand down Gwen's forearm in appreciation, making sure that Gwen knew that he'd noticed. Gwen said nothing, but he turned his head to the side, paused, and then raised his other arm. "'I didn't think you'd accept this so easily,' August said, "'opting for honesty as he shifted Gwen's wrist "'to make sure it was braced properly against the strut. "'Why?' Gwen said, sounding confused. "'Because of last time?' "'August trailed his fingertips down to Gwen's shoulder "'once he'd secured his second wrist and squeezed. "'Because of the first time, it was not an easy experience for you.' Gwen laughed under his breath. He said nothing. "'But there in the sound of it was the answer.' Gwen's cynicism shone. This was someone who didn't have easy experiences. August's brow furrowed, and he cupped the back of Gwen's neck in his palm. August elected not to tie his ankles, because he wanted access to the front of him, and the cross would get in the way if he was fully tied. August stepped up and pressed his body once more against Gwen's, feeling the contours and strength of him even through his clothing. He curved a hand around Gwen's torso, stroking down the line of his pelvis, not touching his cock. Between that and a hand on the back of his neck, Gwen must have been thrown off once more. He took a long, shaky breath. "'I want you to show me that light of yours,' August said. Gwen's response was immediate. He yanked both of his arms down hard, not just testing the restraints, but suddenly realizing what the scene was going to be about. "'Perhaps you should have waited for me to tell you,' August thought, before stepping up to the cross, Gwen. Gwen yanked hard again, The cross held fast. It didn't even shake. "'The more you fight me, the harder it will be,' August purred. "'You're not seeing it,' Gwen said. "'You've seen it before. You don't need to see it now.' "'What an attitude to have,' August said, stepping away and walking over to the desk. "'And if you—' "'A brief flash of light. Gwen was going to teleport.' August turned on quick reflexes and launched at him, leaping forwards and grabbing his hair in a fierce grip, dragging his head back roughly." The light Gwen was using to teleport flickered out, and August jerked his head for good measure. "'That's not what I meant,' August snarled. "'There, you've seen it. Let me go,' Gwen retorted. "'Oh, no,' August said, reaching up with a hand and stroking his fingertips over Gwen's bare throat. "'You know exactly what I mean. And a warning, then. If you teleport out of here, I will flay the skin from your back. Literally.' "'knowing that you can grow it back.' "'It's been done,' Gwen said, voice flat. August's eyes widened. He squeezed at Gwen's throat, blocking off some of his air supply. "'Do you want me to simply keep coming up with more inventive ways of making you suffer, Gwen? "'I seem to recall that fucking you with a cock ring will reduce you to begging. "'I don't think it would take much to think of a suitable punishment.' "'You don't need to see it,' Gwen said, a thread of desperation entering his hoarse voice. "'There's nothing to see.' August said. Liar. He stepped back again, giving Gwen's throat another promising squeeze. "'You're not tired enough for this conversation,' August said softly, walking back to the desk. He picked up a small case of equipment and brought it over, keeping an eye on Gwen's reactions. Gwen twisted his wrists in the restraints. August picked up the lubricant first and covered his fingers liberally. He didn't plan on fucking him now, or possibly at all, depending on how the evening went." but that didn't mean he couldn't still fill him up. August stepped forward, kicked Gwen's legs apart, pressed two fingers against his entrance. Gwen gasped, stilled. He pressed his ear over Gwen's heart, listened closely as he reached him, stretching him on his fingers. A sharp pick-up in heart rate, but then it steadied. Gwen shivered against him. He was always tense, never relaxed. August pushed deeper, and Gwen clenched against him reflexively. Let me in. August said, turning his mouth against Gwen's back and licking him, tasting the familiar, stark flavor of him. Let me in. Open for me. Gwen made a small, bitten-off sound in the back of his throat. Forget about the light, Gwen said. August pushed into him, not waiting for Gwen to relax, trusting in both the lubricant and in Gwen's natural resilience. Gwen hissed, and then his head shifted forward sharply, like he wanted to bump it into something. August didn't stop until he was buried right up to the last knuckles, and then waited, gave Gwen time to adjust. Gwen was heat around his fingers, heat and the minute internal shifts that came from discomfort, from excitement. He wasn't hard yet, but he would be soon. August kept his ear pressed against Gwen's back, listened to his heart. He curled his fingers slightly, testing, and Gwen made that bitten-off sound again. Deep, stifled, but there. Gwen was far more vocal than August far less able to master his breathing. As soon as his body was involved, Gwen responded without guile. August withdrew his fingers and pushed them back, and Gwen's breathing stuttered. He shifted his legs. A sudden, louder exhale meant that Gwen had opened his mouth. "'You showed it to me in the lake,' August said, starting up a slow, easy rhythm. It was awkward on his wrist, but that didn't matter. It was worth it for the way that Gwen was alternatively tensing and relaxing against him, appreciative, suspicious— his body being dragged along and his mind following behind him. Gwen said nothing, but his breathing hissed out of his nostrils on his next breath, which meant he'd closed his mouth. "'Keep it up, Gwen,' August thought. "'We're only just starting.' The trick with Gwen was simply to pull responses from his body until he got to where he needed to get to. He was so unused to touch, so unused to pleasure, that he fell into it fully. Given enough time, enough sensation, Gwen became pliable. August was starting to suspect that the sweeter, earnest Gwen he saw during aftercare was a reality that not many people had been fortunate enough to see. It was addictive. He kept moving his fingers, scraping his teeth down Gwen's back, working up to a firm, rapid rhythm that had Gwen clenching at the posts and arching forwards, looking for friction. August kept him back from the post with his other arm, wrapped fingers tight around the base of his cock, making sure he couldn't come, and then he paused at his entrance— "'stretching him and feeling the way his lungs were working in his chest, "'aborted words and noises that never even got enough air to catch in his throat. "'He reached down, picked up the butt-plug that he'd brought over, "'and slicked it with lubricant. "'Gwen had tensed again, uncertain what was happening, "'and, of course, they'd never done this before. "'Gwen was used to ropes, not toys. "'August pressed the dome head of it against his entrance "'and then pushed slowly, firmly, and Gwen yanked on his restraints again, "'hard enough that he would have done damage to his wrists. "'Don't panic,' August said softly. "'This won't hurt you.' "'What are you doing?' Gwen said, and his voice shook. "'The plug wasn't as long nor as wide as August. "'It didn't need to be. "'But it wasn't August, and Gwen clearly didn't take well "'to having foreign objects pushed into him. "'I want to fuck you, but not now. "'This will keep you open for me.' "'But—' "'This won't hurt you,' August said again splaying his palm against Gwen's torso, looking up at Gwen's wrists where they still twisted fretfully against his bonds. August chuckled. Gwen, you've just told me that you've had the skin flayed off your back. We know you were tortured by your cousin, but you're scared of a butt-plug. Really? Gwen stopped moving at the taunt, but his hands remained tense. Never done this before, have you? August said, and Gwen swallowed audibly. No, he said. "Good." August replied, pushing harder, watching Gwen's hands as the plug started to reach its widest point. Gwen tensed further, and August hushed him, running his hand along Gwen's side, soothing. "'Nearly done,' August said, and Gwen didn't respond. He was more attuned to what was happening than to August's words now. August pursed his lips, and then tilted the plug at an angle, and Gwen jolted, a sound of want and surprise escaping his throat. August withdrew the plug and then pushed it back, angling and smirking when Gwen made the sound again, shifting against the cross. After the third time, pulling a cry from the back of his throat, August pushed the plug home, and Gwen made a tense, uncomfortable sound as it fit, snug, inside of him. August simply patted the base of it, and dragged his now free hand around to Gwen's front, squeezing the length of his cock. He was surprised that Gwen was only half hard, made a mental note to explore whatever issues he seemed to have with toys. They were meant to be fun, not frightening. "'Do you feel full?' August said. Gwen groaned as August started moving his hand over his cock, pressing firmly along the underside, dragging his fingertips down. Gwen was hardening within his hand. The man might have the stamina of a rutting rabbit, but he was well-sized, and August liked the feel of him. "'Answer me,' August said, squeezing Gwen firmly. Gwen's mouth dropped open. He gasped for breath. (laughs) August, Gwen said, as though that was an adequate answer. As much as August loved hearing his own name on Gwen's lips, it wasn't good enough. Try again, August said, pressing the tip of one of his claws into Gwen's sensitive flesh. Gwen's wrist jerked at the restraints automatically. Yes, Gwen groaned, pressing his head into his arm. August raised his other hand up and pressed the heel of his palm into the flat of the plug, forcing it deeper. Gwen cried out, mouth opening against his own skin. August twisted the base, and Gwen sunk his teeth into his own flesh, and August hadn't even really started yet. This was wonderful. August reached up and curled his hand around Gwen's throat, keeping his other hand on his cock. He had one leg braced against Gwen's left ankle, keeping it stretched out, and then he dug his fingers, careful of the claws, into Gwen's windpipe and started cutting off circulation. He closed his eyes, summoned water horse strength, and crushed his fingers into his throat. "'cutting off his air supply completely. "'Gwen tried to move his neck out of August's grip, "'but between his arms being stretched up and tied to the cross "'and August's hand moving rhythmically on his cock, "'he couldn't get the coordination he needed. "'August pressed his ear back between Gwen's shoulder blades and listened. "'Gwen was aroused, but not panicking. "'Even unable to breathe, he wasn't panicking. "'He tightened his fingers menacingly against his neck, "'and Gwen suddenly tugged his arms down, "'protesting against the lack of air.' He was incredibly hard in August's palm, and August laughed under his breath. He waited a little longer, until Gwen was moving his wrists with less focus, until one of his arms went slack against its ties. He released his grip, and massaged Gwen's throat carefully, as Gwen coughed and dragged down breath after breath. (laughs) "'Not again,' Gwen said, and August pressed his fingers up against his pulse and closed his eyes. It was rapid, flighty, but he knew Gwen could take more. "'Yes, again,' August said, and Gwen shook his head, hard as ever, precum leaking out of the tip of his cock. "'You're doing well,' Gwen shuddered against him, a full-body motion that rippled down his entire spine. August closed his eyes briefly, took a deep breath. But he wanted the light more than he wanted to see how Gwen responded to praise while tied up and at his mercy. He needed to wear him out. Just a little. Gwen was already so tired.' august tightened his fingers around gwen's neck again and gwen was in the middle of voicing some protest when his airways were cut off it must be difficult august said tightening his grip around gwen's neck and his cock before he realized how close gwen was to coming and adjusted shifting his hand down to wrap tightly around the base of him he applied pressure and gwen began trembling sandwiched between august and the bars of the cross unable to come it must be difficult with all of this happening at once You're not a multitasker at all off the battlefield, are you? Is it overwhelming? I know you're close. August felt a sudden hot sear land on the hand he had around Gwen's neck, and his eyes narrowed. He let go, and as Gwen gasped for breath, August reached up and touched the tears that were making their way down Gwen's face. August began to get hard. He shook his head at himself. Every time, like clockwork. let me gwen managed but couldn't finish his sentence his voice was ragged i'm sorry you're tied to a cross what exactly do you think i'll let you do (sighs) Can, can i come gwen said tilting his head back gulping down breaths of air the question the desperation in his tone of voice was a balm to august a warmth that spread watery tendrils through him he bit his bottom lip and wanted so wanted to say yes Soon, August promised, very soon. (sighs) I show me your light, August whispered, and Gwen made a small, high sound in the back of his throat, followed by a wrecked burst of laughter. August's eyes narrowed. He waited for a response, waited more, and Gwen said nothing at all. I don't understand this insistence of yours to refuse to use it, August said, a wash of frustration moving through him. Every Fay knows the importance of honoring your innate power. It's good for you to use it. There was a long pause, and then Gwen drew in a deep, shaking breath. <laughs> Fuck off, August, Gwen managed, and August's eyes flew open in shock. No, he did not just— Excuse me, August said, digging his fingers back into Gwen's throat, nicking him with his claws and sending two trickles of blood down the left-hand side of his neck what did you just say to me (laughs) leave it gwen gasped with the small amount of air he managed to drag into his lungs before august cut off his airways again he had expected stubbornness but he hadn't expected the level of resistance that gwen was throwing at him precisely because gwen had never been so resistant with him before not for any reason not even when he'd been made to talk about forcing cannibalism on an innocent lad it bewildered him Gwen was struggling once more against the bonds. August was observant, attentive, listening to his heart-rate and mapping out its labor in his mind, but if Gwen thought that he could out August, he had another thing coming. And so, over the next fifteen minutes, August intermittently cut off Gwen's airways with his hand, pricking several more wounds into the side of his neck. He needed to keep his other hand banded around the base of Gwen's cock almost entirely now. He was so close. Gwen's muscles were trembling beneath his skin. He gasped for air whenever he was allowed. But he didn't talk, he didn't plead, he didn't show his light. And August, in some amazement, let go of Gwen's throat and kept his hand there, feeling the hungry way he scoured the room for air. And then he relented and started jerking Gwen off roughly. It was less than ten seconds that Gwen's hips thrust forward so hard that August yanked him back before he hurt himself against the surface of the cross. He moaned brokenly as he came. "'his body jolting with the spasms that racked him. "'No light, no words, nothing. "'When Gwen was done, his body went lax. "'He let himself hang from the restraints. "'There were trickles of blood making their way down his forearms. "'The bonds had cut open both of his wrists. "'August striped fingers across the blood, "'then painted his way into Gwen's open mouth, "'touching it to his tongue. "'Gwen's mouth dropped open wider. "'His tongue moved sleepily against August's fingers.' the lazy movement sent a thick curl of warmth through August's body. Gwen was covered in a sheen of sweat, and August licked at his shoulder blade, blinking at the salt of it. He moved the fingers in Gwen's mouth to the outside of his cheek, stroking the curves and angles of his face gently. When August licked him again, after that, Gwen made a small, involuntary sound that was pained. "'It would make you stronger on a battlefield,' August said against his skin. "'Given how much you care about strength on a battlefield,' "'I don't understand why you won't use it when it's such an asset. "'Do you remember when I told you it wasn't a sin to be yourself? "'Do you? "'Is this some form of demented hatred directed at yourself? "'Because let me assure you, Gwen, "'amongst raping prisoners and forced cannibalism "'and all the other things you've done, "'hating yourself for your power "'is honestly one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of.' "'August kissed the back of Gwen's neck, "'and Gwen shook his head, a denial.' though whether it was a denial of the kiss or August's words, August couldn't tell. He moved his hand from Gwen's cheek, threaded fingers through his sweat-damp, soft hair. It curled around his fingers. It clung. He trailed fingers along Gwen's scalp, rubbing gently behind his ear, and his eyes flickered up when Gwen's hands flexed fretfully, when his wrists shifted in the restraints. It wasn't the words at all. It was the touch. August watched one of Gwen's hands as he pressed lips to the curve of his shoulder, as he stroked fingers through the softer hair that grew at the base of his neck. And again Gwen shifted his wrists fractiously, and a moment later a short, sharp exhale marred the longer breaths he was taking to replenish his air. You would feel better if you just showed me. Who would I tell? No one is here except you and I. Aren't you tired? August crooned. I know you are, and especially now. You Leave it, Gwen managed, voice raw. August ground his teeth together, pressed his forehead to the back of Gwen's shoulder. I am trying to make this easier on you, August said. They are going soft, Gwen replied, his voice breaking. August's eyes snapped open, and he stilled. Is that a challenge? he asked, each word precise. No, Gwen groaned. No, only that. I'm not going to show you the light, August. And whether you go easy or hard on me, it makes no difference. In this, in this, it will make no difference. August stepped back from him, jaw tense. He consciously exhaled, blew the tension away, walked over to his desk, and opened up another case. He bypassed a blade made of ingrid that gave him a cold chill, and picked up another. There was no real going hard on Gwen in the physical sense, because Gwen was inured to physical torture. Broken bones, strained muscles, stab wounds, burns. Everyone who knew of Gwen on a battlefield also knew of his immunity to torture on the rare occasion that he was captured. He stepped around the cross this time, faced Gwen from the front of it. After a minute, Gwen lifted his head and saw first August's face and then the knife that he held in his hands. His eyes widened, and then a hunger lit in their pale blue depths. He swallowed. Even after his experiences with the knife last time, Gwen still, still, Wanted it. August had to laugh. Oh, Gwen. <laughs> I swear, you are one of the few people I've known who looks at a knife and thinks, Cut me. Gwen's mouth worked on a second swallow, and he looked up at August. I- Ingrid, he said, and August shook his head. Was that a survival instinct? August couldn't tell. No, not this time. August approached. The wooden planks crossed in the middle of Gwen's torso, but still exposed enough of him to the blade. August wanted him to see it coming. He reached up and stroked a stray tangle of hair away from Gwen's face, pressing the flat of the blade to the divot of skin between his pectorals. Gwen sucked in a long breath, opened his mouth on a syllable that didn't become a word. August tilted the knife, placed gentle fingers alongside Gwen's cheek. He dipped the tip of the blade just beneath Gwen's skin and sliced a long, thin line down the center of him. The blade was so sharp, August's knife control so refined that only a single droplet of blood emerged. August bent down and licked it away, savoring it. Gwen shivered against his mouth, fine tremors that showed how sensitive he was to what August was doing. The pain would be a concentration-grabbing sting, but hardly anything really. The wound, slight as it was, would close completely in a matter of minutes. This wasn't the brutal knife work he'd done last time, but a proper use of his skills and Gwen responded like he was made for it. August moved his thumb over the corner of Gwen's mouth, mixing gentleness up with the kiss of the blade. Gwen brought out some deep, strange, protective instinct. It went far beyond what he had felt for clients, and it was different to what he felt for Ash. It was also somewhat ridiculous. Gwen had been managing his family, the Seelie Court, a kingdom, vicious enemies, for thousands of years. He was capable. But like this— wrists dripping blood and shivering, head bowed and breath shaking out of him, August could think of many other words that applied instead. He waited a couple of minutes, only a short amount of time, before curbing another thin, red line underneath his pectoral muscle, trailing the knife down, and remembering to keep his breathing slow and steady when the blade broke another noise from the back of Gwen's ruined throat. August feathered fingertips through Gwen's hair, and Gwen clumsily tried to move his head backwards, like it was an irritant, The bindings around his wrists prevented him, and August simply reached forwards and did it again, deliberately. (coughs) August, Gwen said, and then his mouth closed around a sound as August trailed a claw-tip over the wound he'd just made. August waited even longer, let minutes tick by. Gwen raised his eyes, met his gaze. There was a tired despair there, a hunger for the blade alongside something resigned. He walked behind Gwen, removing eye contact, knowing it made him uncomfortable. He pressed the tip of the blade against the back of the left of his spine, and Gwen shifted. When August trailed the knife down again, another thin, barely there wound, he reached forwards and pressed the heel of his palm against the plug again. Gwen exhaled a sharp breath. Whined. Time passed. August let minutes lapse between each new knife wound. He took so long between each cut that the wounds at the front of his chest had healed completely. Gwen was shaking with increasing violence so much so that august was having to brace gwen against the knife itself to make sure gwen didn't force the knife deeper accidentally sweat glistened on his skin his hair had turned to ringlets because of it the strain of each cut the anticipation the sting of it and gwen not knowing when or where the next would come it was adding up especially as august kept reaching out to trail the back of his fingers down his ribs or to palm the front of his hip or to curl a lock of hair around his finger and then tug After an hour, Gwen suddenly sagged in his bonds, let the ropes hold him up. He rested his head against his arm. You're so tired, August said quietly. Gwen said nothing, didn't even nod. You could show me the light, and this would all be over. Gwen whined again, then shook his head. It would be easy, August said. I know you enjoy the blade, but look how tired you are. You can barely hold yourself up. If you were needed for a battle right now, you'd be useless. At that, Gwen rallied and pulled himself upright, crying out as the bonds rubbed raw into his wrists. August smirked, traced his fingers along the latest knife mark, this one a long stretch from the back of his shoulder down to the inner curve of his elbow. "'Let me go,' Gwen rasped, his voice tired. "'I know what you're doing. Do you, do you think fatigue hasn't been used against me before?' August reached up and palmed the back of Gwen's head, and Gwen jerked away, hissing. August followed the motion and rubbed his palm across the curve of his head tenderly, grimacing as Gwen's wrist jerked on his restraints again. This worked, but he didn't like that it worked. "'I think I know what I'm doing,' August said. Gwen opened his mouth, inhaled to say something, and then closed it again. August's eyes narrowed. A flicker of doubt, a stray water droplet falling into the calm of his mind, and he paused. Gwen had given up the information about Nuiton and Culleter because he had, in part, wanted to. He'd wanted to be absolved. But one couldn't be absolved from a crime without naming that crime. But what else had Gwen willingly given up? Not sleep? Not this? Hardly anything concrete about his family history, and what he had given was often unknowingly surrendered when he didn't realize the implications of what he was saying. August took the blade to Gwen's flesh again. Carefully, eyebrows furrowed. August had an indomitable will. He always had. Even when he wasn't trying to actively dominate the people around him, everyone barring his brother tended to fall to the hidden persuasion in his very being. Even when he wasn't compelling people with his words, simple eye contact could sway a person's mind to his favor. Do you really know what you're doing with him? August thought. He scowled at himself, and went back to focusing on pressing Gwen open with the blade with a gentle hand. After only twenty minutes, Gwen sagged again, he made a sound of protest. "'August, I—' His voice choked off when August twisted the butt-plug inside of him. "'The light!' August demanded, and Gwen growled in frustration. The sound rumbled out of him, and a moment later he jerked hard at the restraints. He didn't seem to be trying to get away, but expressing his own irritation with what was happening. August lifted a brow. "'I'm not sure why you're so annoyed,' August said, rubbing his knuckles at the base of Gwen's spine. "'It's only a simple request.' An explosion of movement, then. Gwen kicked back at August hard, causing a blaze of pain in August's shin when he didn't get out of the way fast enough. Gwen yanked at the bonds over and over again. August had expected this, in part, but this was not even like Gwen's struggles during the sounding. It was violent, and August stepped back around to the front of the cross, watching him closely. Gwen lifted his head, pinned him with a feral gaze, and actually snarled at him, jerking so hard at the restraints that the flow of blood down his right wrist became significant. He was a wild creature backed into a corner. Gwen could have an out, if he chose it. "'I won't tell anyone,' August said, modulating his voice, making it soothing. Gwen cried out, fractious, and the noise escalated until Gwen roared at him, droplets of blood flicking off his wrists as he shook them violently. This is rather impressive, August said, condescending, though secretly he thought it rather was, but Gwen aren't done yet. August took a single step back to him, and Gwen stopped motionless and watched him for several more seconds and then literally, right in front of his eyes, the awareness that Gwen had the consciousness in his eyes it vanished. Gwen's mind was in the room one moment and had disappeared the next. August stared, Gwen's gaze was unfocused. He'd sagged fully against the bonds once more. Slowly, as though someone was letting his head down on a string, Gwen's head tilted forwards until it hung limply. Breath shuddered out of him. August stepped up and pressed a hand quickly to his heart, and then up to the pulse at his neck. It was rapid, panicked, but Gwen was gone. This was exactly what he'd encountered when he'd sounded him. August made a small sound of frustration. He pressed his hand to Gwen's slick forehead and lifted it, looking for eye contact. He found none. A blank, pale blue stare, as though Gwen had simply wiped his own mind clean. He saw it in humans sometimes, when despair and resignation clashed inside of their minds and they knew they were about to be eaten. Gwen chose it. August hissed a breath out between his teeth and walked back over to the table, picking up a cloth and cleaning the knife, placing it back in the case. He'd brought Gwen back from this before, and he was certain he could do it again but it was obvious that if Gwen was pushed too hard, he simply checked out of a scene and disappeared. No wonder he was so good at dealing with torture. August wasn't getting the light. Not this way. Possibly not ever. It confounded him. He walked back to Gwen and looked at the mass of his wrists, at the sweat trickling down his back. He placed his fingers in it, smeared it across his skin. Gwen's skin was cooling. He was beginning to go into shock. August squeezed his eyes shut for several seconds, and then dismissed the wash of emotion that came with that knowledge. All right, August said, placing both hands on his back and splaying his fingers, offering contact. Gwen said nothing, but August didn't expect him to. He stroked his hands over Gwen's back several times, making the strokes long, centering. August didn't want to remove the plug while Gwen was still absent, so he wrapped one of his hands around the front of Gwen's torso and stroked his abdomen pressing his ear to Gwen's back and listening to his heart rate. He couldn't untie him yet. Soon, but not yet. I don't understand, August said. You've used it before. I've seen it. More than once now. There was no answer, but at least Gwen's heart rate was slowing. August rubbed steady, firm circles into his chest and abdomen, listening to his heart, Shin still hurting where Gwen had slammed the heel of his foot into it he would lay bets that the bone was bruised. He dreaded to think what might have happened if Gwen had actually gotten himself free in that moment. Time passed. August moved lower on Gwen's skin, and was surprised when, on pressing the heel of his hand into Gwen's hip, Gwen inhaled sharply. August rubbed at his hip bone with his fingers, and then drifted lower, to the crease between thigh and pelvis. "'Are you coming back?' August whispered. His fingers drifted sideways, and he shook his head on a half-smile, when he felt that Gwen was hardening again. I swear your cock would leave you back from the dead if it would just give you another chance to come. August slowly wrapped his hand around Gwen's cock and rubbed it with the same steady firmness with which he touched his belly, his chest. Gwen opened his mouth, an unconscious, deep sound coming from the back of his throat. It was hungry. It was delicious. August touched the base of the plug with his other hand and twisted it. Gwen cried out, his cock hardened rapidly in August's hand, and August, surprised at himself, hardened quickly in his own pants. He hadn't realized how much of his own arousal he'd been holding back. It flooded back through his mind, and then down his spine, and he swallowed. He tightened his hand reflexively around Gwen's cock, and then let go, hurriedly undoing the buttons on his own pants, releasing himself. He pressed his chest up against Gwen's back, arching his hips so he could remove the butt-plug slowly. When the widest point exited, Gwen made a strangled sound, inarticulate, but still sweet. As soon as August had withdrawn it, he reached around once more and took Gwen in hand. He pressed his fingers inside Gwen, feeling a looseness, plenty of lubricant still remaining inside of him, and withdrew his fingers. He wrapped his other hand around himself, angling himself against Gwen's entrance, exhaling hard. August pushed his way inside, and Gwen was lax against him. That wasn't only the result of the plug, he was sure. That was exhaustion. Gwen's body shifted weakly, and he cried out again, hoarse, a wordless sound of want. August swallowed saliva down his throat, and then bit down hard into flesh, tasting blood between his teeth. When Gwen whimpered, August rumbled a dark sound of approval at him in response. He looked at the bite mark, waited for his own release. He could feel that it was close. Gwen was too tired to speak, too tired to even brace himself up against the restraints, but he pushed his hips into August's hand and made a thready, broken noise that pleaded. "'Ask, and I shall deliver,' August said, withdrawing and thrusting hard into Gwen, rocking him forwards, even as his hand began to move on his cock. Gwen's response was one of almost mindless desire, ragged sounds that tore out of him and soaked the heat in August's gut. August was happy to indulge, knowing that it would hopefully keep Gwen anchored in the present, give him a thread by which to follow his way back to him. He sought his own release swiftly, not wanting to leave Gwen restrained for much longer— He jerked his hips on the upstroke and smirked when Gwen started exhaling sounds with every breath, gasping for air. That, combined with twisting his palm over the head of Gwen's cock and pressing fingers down on the underside with the downstroke, meant that Gwen didn't have long at all. "'You could give me this instead,' August said against the bite mark he'd etched into his skin. "'You could come for me.'" Gwen made a series of sharp cries, one after the other, escalating. It was rare for August to even hear him like this. Usually Gwen was trying to hide the noises he made, but like this, hearing how loud he was getting, knowing that he was responsible for it, August gritted his teeth and forced himself to wait, because Gwen was only seconds away, only— Gwen sobbed as he came, and those simple, desperate cries were what tipped August over the edge. He groaned as he thrust deep, spilling himself inside Gwen, his mind turning everything to steam and heat and thermal springs. He groaned again, pressing his forehead hard to Gwen's back, gasping. He let the aftershocks pass, closed his eyes, sensitive to the feel of Gwen's walls clenched around him, of Gwen softening in the palm of his hand. He withdrew slowly, and Gwen made a small sound of protest. Hush, August said. The sooner I clean you up, the sooner we can get you lying down. Hold on for a few minutes, just a few. August took a hand towel from the desk and dipped it into a basin of water before cleaning himself off, cleaning his palm and fingers. He pulled up his pants, buttoned them, and then took another hand-towel and wetted it thoroughly. He pressed it flat against Gwen's back first, so that he'd know what it was, and then started to rub off sweat and the odd tiny stains of blood that no longer had wounds of origin. He used grounding, circular motions, and was thorough. He bent and cleaned Gwen's limp member carefully, and Gwen whimpered, like he hadn't expected it. It was an odd, disarmed sound. When August knelt down to start rubbing the sweat off his legs, he was suddenly struck by how much he didn't mind this. He trailed the hand-towel up between Gwen's legs, cleaned the cum leaking out of him, and savored the satisfaction he felt at seeing that. He realized he'd need another towel for Gwen's wrists. He walked back and fetched it. Gwen made a pained noise when August started sponging away the blood, but he subsided and August kept going, not stopping until he'd reached the wounds themselves. At that, he tossed the towel down to the ground and reached up, untying the restraints on his right arm. August caught his arm before it could fall lowered it slowly, aware that Gwen's shoulders would be sore. Gwen hummed out a thin sound, but didn't protest beyond that. Gwen wasn't getting his legs up underneath himself, though, and August winced. It was no matter, but he had hoped that some of Gwen's strength would have returned to him by now. As soon as Gwen's second wrist was released, August braced himself as Gwen's back fell against his chest. Gwen weighed a ton. He was almost entirely solid muscle, broadly built. And having that sagging weight against him as a dead weight was something he could only manage with his water horse strength. August wrapped one arm tight underneath his own arm, and with the other encouraged Gwen to tilt his head back against his shoulder. He lazily trailed his fingers through his fringe, smoothing damp curls away from his forehead. He repeated the movements over and over, keeping them slow, soothing. Ah, August said, "You did so well. It's over now." Gwen made a sound of acknowledgment. It was layered thickly with exhaustion. Gwen, can you teleport? August closed his eyes, waited, kept carting his fingers through Gwen's hair. Gwen didn't respond. August could feel how his lungs worked heavily for air. He could hear him breathing. His eyes widened when he felt Gwen tilt his head, only slightly, into the palm of August's hand. It was—Gwen didn't often do that. August murmured a sound at him, pleased. Gwen, I can take you back to my room, right now, but I think you'd be more comfortable in your own room. Can you take us there? He waited again. He didn't know what to expect. He was simply relieved that he'd managed to bring him back, at least partly, so quickly. Gwen whined. Talking was clearly too much of an ask. Listen to me. Are you listening? You don't have to make a decision now, but I think you can teleport us back to your room. I'll take care of everything else. It's the last thing you need to do. August dropped his eyes to Gwen's clothes and realized he'd have to pick them up later. He couldn't deal with them now. He opened his mouth to remind Gwen that it was done, that they were through the worst of it, when he felt himself suddenly limbed with light and closed his eyes as he dissolved into warmth. They landed by Gwen's bed, and August made a sound of annoyance as he awkwardly handled Gwen while simultaneously pulling blankets back. And if Gwen didn't exactly land gracefully on his own sheets, well, no one else was watching, and that meant August could pretend he executed that very well. Gwen rolled over onto his back, eyes closed, and August stared when he realized that Gwen was falling asleep. He leaned over and placed a hand against his heart, and couldn't believe it. He supposed he shouldn't be so surprised, but every other time they'd done anything remotely tiring, Gwen had always remained stubbornly awake afterwards, had only let himself doze. But this was... "'Sleep!' "'Gwen?' August said, and Gwen didn't respond. "'Gwen, I don't want to leave you alone like this. You should—' But then August thought, "'Just stay. Get even. The bastards watched you sleep before.' August rolled his eyes and reluctantly pulled the blankets up, pressing a hand to Gwen's forehead. It was warmer than usual, but Gwen's temperature fluctuated under stress. At least he didn't seem to be going into shock any more.' He pulled out Gwen's chair and sat in it, crossing his legs, lips thinning. My center has changed, August said, though Gwen wasn't awake to hear him. Of that he was certain. How long have you known for? I've gone back and forth between knowing it and only suspecting it, which I think is normal. I've never been through this before. He knew that in older, different circumstances, he would have dragged Gwen's awareness back to the present, only to break him over and over again. He would have pitted his will against Wynne's, and he may not have won, but he would have given himself days in which to make a good attempt. And August knew because Wynne had fucked him against that wall after they'd killed his soldiers, had taken control, had the zest, and August had been shocked by how much pleasure had unfurled through him. He didn't know it could be like that. He didn't know what anything would be like, if the center ever changed. The first time it was ever shaken out of his clutches, he clawed it back desperately. But then... It was the only thing he'd had left to himself, at the time. There was no point regretting its loss. It was gone. It wasn't going to come back. He had an inkling of what might be coming on its heels, and it shocked him, disturbed him, but it wasn't unwelcome. Perhaps that was most shocking of all. I'm sure, actually, August said, looking around Gwen's room and making a face at it. It was so hunter-chic, even if the wood was tasteful, even if it was all well-made. His parents must have despaired of him, his mother especially. "'Yours is gone,' August said, and nothing yet to take its place. "'I preferred you most when it was wildness, but I don't think that's where it's headed. We'll see. You change centres like most people change clothing.' August walked over to the bed, stripping down and laying his clothing out on the desk, circumspect. Glenn was prone to nightmares, he was sure, and August had pushed him too hard again. He couldn't leave. Gwen could rail at him the next day, or whenever he woke up, but August wouldn't leave him to deal with that on his own. It wasn't like Gwen was going to revoke his status or put him in a cell any more. Of that much he was almost certain. He lifted the blankets and sat on the bed, tucking his legs underneath and lifting Gwen's wrists carefully, looking at the damage. It was bad. It would not be healed by morning. "'I'm missing something,' August said softly. "'Aren't I? I'm always missing something with you.' He sighed, vexed, and lay down on his side. He was aware of the strangeness, an ex-king lying down alongside the king who had defeated him once. But August had defeated him first, and August had defeated him since. August watched Gwen for a few more minutes, allowing his eyes to hood. He let slower, deeper breathing take over. He didn't need to sleep, and he wanted to be near wakefulness in case anything happened. To that end, he let himself enter a familiar doze, finding satiety and warmth alongside Gwen, resting in the still lake of his mind.